Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I am the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. Just like your morning cup of coffee, this podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. If you are new to listening to the show, welcome. Make sure you check out the hundreds of previous episodes to get tons of jolts of inspiration that you need for working with your older speech students or just your school-age speech students. And if you are joining me again for another week, welcome back. I'm so glad you are here. Send me a DM on Instagram. I want to hear from you guys what you guys are up to. I don't like it being a one-way conversation of just myself drinking a cup of coffee. But I want to hear from you guys. So if you're in the car, answer me out loud even. Hope you are doing okay. I hope you have a little smile on your face as you are about to enter into whatever you're doing. If you're heading into work, heading back home, coming home from walking the dog, or taking your kids to extracurricular activities, or just listening in bed. Hey, sometimes I do that with podcasts. True story. So today we're going to be talking all about getting more buy-in from teachers to help them understand how we can work together better to better support our students. So to get you to better understand this episode and where I'm going with this, I want to take you back to young Hallie as an SLP. When I first started in my current school, I was so eager to be, this was already my third year in the field. I was like, okay, I got this. I am going to be the best SLP I can be. And I'm going to communicate with all the teachers and I'm going to collaborate with them. And we're going to be this awesome team and really support these students. And I'm going to utilize the curriculum vocabulary and help these students prepare for their tests. Can you relate to this? Maybe you're trying that or maybe you've been there too where you're like, I am going to just be the rock star SLP. Well, I started emailing them saying, hey, let me know when you're having the next test and let me know how I can help support so-and-so. 
crickets. Okay, let me put the disclaimer out that this was, what, like 10 plus years ago, and they weren't really checking their email back then. It wasn't part of their regular routine. The admin was still old school and sending out paper memos in their mailboxes, so there was no need to check their email unless they were making it a routine to communicate via email with their parents in the classroom. So I did what I thought I had to do, and I I made these really cute—okay, it wasn't that cute, but I made these paper forms, and I put them in their mailboxes saying, hey, let me know what you're working on next in the classroom so I can better support so-and-so. Put it in my mailbox. Nothing. No response. I don't understand. Why aren't they responding, right? Don't they want me to help their students? Don't they want their students to do better? Like, don't they see them here? I'm trying to help. So I just stopped. And I just did my own thing for a really long time. And then I realized, okay, if I want to work better with these teachers, I need to think about why they're not wanting to work with me. Other than the fact that, like, they may may not like me. But, okay, let's think about why they might not want to work with me. One, they might not understand what we do. If they don't know what we're working on with our students, they think we're working on the R sound or working on their mumble. I've had so many teachers say to me, like, oh, you're working on that? I thought you were working on how they speak. And I'm like, no. So if they don't understand what we do, they're not going to understand how we can help their students or how we can work together collaboratively. Number two why they don't want to work with us. They don't want extra work. They're already feeling overwhelmed, just like we feel overwhelmed so many of the time. We have to put ourselves in their shoes. Like someone's coming to them saying, hey, can you give me a vocabulary list? That's more work for them. They don't want to do that. Number three, they're already feeling the pressure. They're getting bombarded by admin about maybe low test scores. Their students are reading below grade level. They are not keeping up with the curriculum. They're having parents call about why their child is failing, X, Y, and Z. They're having all these other pressures, like just like we have pressure to meet deadlines and meet goals and mandates and what have you, they have pressures as well. So we can put ourselves again in their shoes. They don't want extra work and they're already feeling that pressure. We can understand why they might not want to go the extra mile to work with us. They also might feel it's our problem. Like, hey, they did the work to get these students classified and get them the service. Now it's your turn to do the work and get them the help. Like I did my part. It's done. I know so many teachers say like, okay, I want that student have that like marking next to their name to justify if they fail. Well, it's because they're special ed or because they have speech and language or what have you. Well, okay, so they want to say they do to cover their butt and well, they covered their butt and now it's our problem, right? So if we put ourselves in their shoes and what their mindset might be that, okay, they don't want extra work. They don't understand what we do. They are already feeling the pressure that they feel like it's our problem, not theirs. We can better understand why, where they're coming from, and how we can work better with them. Okay, so now that we understand why they might not want to work with us, how do we then overcome this and improve the situation so that we can get better results for our students? Because, hey, that's our ultimate goal is to see student success. So the first thing we can do is better advocate what our role is. Like I said, so many of the teachers I work with like, wait, I thought so-and-so spoke fine. And I'm like, yeah, that's not why they're coming to me. When I sometimes speak about working on main idea and inferencing and summarizing and things that I'm working on, like, you work on that? Yes. And it makes me realize, okay, if I get that response from one, two, three teachers, probably the majority is feeling that way. So what can I do to better advocate? One, let the teachers know in the beginning of the year, hey, I am working on these goals with the students. If you want me to help support you, let's just opening the dialogue. You're not asking them to do anything, just opening the dialogue and letting them know, hey, this student is receiving speech. 
for this reason, and this is what I'm working on, and how what I'm working on is going to help them in the classroom. Just keeping them informed, and the more you remind them, maybe quarterly, when it's report card time, hey, how did so-and-so do in the report card? Just opening that dialogue and asking them, hey, and if they don't respond, not taking personally, but keeping the dialogue open and advocating what we do. If you want to do professional development and go that extra mile, sure. If you want to do the whole better speech and hearing month, advocate and do fun facts, I'm not even saying to do that. But those are other things you can do. But honestly, it is just like when I'm in an RTI meeting or a CSE meeting, just speaking aloud and confidently about what I'm doing with my students lets them know what I do and having that dialogue. Especially when there's new teachers in the building, maybe inviting yourself to like a new teacher training to help educate what you do and how you can help support their students. Also, just being more open to hearing about the district building initiatives, curriculum maps, student expectations, those pressures that the teachers are getting from the building or district, just being open and aware to it. Maybe going once in a while to a training, to a meeting, just receiving an email and opening it up seeing what they're talking about, listening to the dialogue they might be having in the faculty room or photocopy room, being aware of what expectations they're having doesn't mean you have to be mimicking their curriculum. It doesn't mean you have to be working on, if they're working on ecology, you're working on ecology. But just knowing the expectations, maybe the district is working on vocabulary or questioning or grammar, whatever they're working on, you can somehow incorporate that into your speech room and then let the teachers know, hey, I worked on this and so-and-so, and letting them know the solution that helped the students versus letting them know the problems. I know when I go to administrators and say, hey, I have a problem, but I have a solution, they like that a lot better than me just presenting them with a problem because it's giving them more work. So if we could present the teachers like, I know you're working on this, I did this with so-and-so, and it helped them, if you want to try this out with them and incorporate it, here you go, and giving them the graphic organizer or giving them the dialogue or the strategy that you use. Okay, so think about ways that you can incorporate those initiatives, the curriculum app, without the teachers having to give you anything. You incorporate it, you get those successes, and then we'll relay it back. Okay, and then number three, again, like I said, report those solutions and what is working versus asking them to do more work. Let them know what is working and give them that opportunity to try it out on their own. Whether they do or not do, We can't change people, but instead we can do everything in our power to do the best things for our students. Okay, so just to reiterate, we can advocate on our role as any opportunity we have to let people know what we do and why we do it and how we do it, do it. It might even be attending a PTA meeting, anything. Learning the district or building initiatives, attending some workshops, seeing what the teachers are being expected and incorporating some of those things into our speech room with the goals that we're working on and then relaying it back. And then that's number three, is reporting those solutions and what is working versus giving the teachers extra work. Let it be on them and show them that we're helping them, not giving them extra work. Maybe offering to come in and model it for them. All right, I hope you found this helpful. Send me a DM, let me know. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be. And I always like to end with a joke. This week is no different. What is a snake's favorite subject? History. But I'm ching. All right, guys. Until next week, be awesome. Don't overthink things. Have fun and be the best SLP you can be. Stay out of trouble. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.